today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, is not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. All right, so welcome to the Catholic Man Show. This is a special edition of the Catholic Man Show. Specialist of editions. We're going to do a couple new things tonight. <laughs> we already are. Um, there's things that happen in a podcast that when you start you know, roughly seven years ago, you think, at some point, we will never do this. Surely not. And then you get to that day, and you're like, here we are. We're doing it. We're doing it. So that's today, then. We're doing today it is today. the day. Mm. So there's several things that we're doing uh, today that will be um, interesting. Um, one is the drink. Uh, but more, like, more excitingly, we're, we're um, introducing a guest that has not been on the show before, but we've uh, talked about on the show um, for a wiffle ball tournament that we had last year. But Mark Gabriel, our good friend Mark Gabriel from a Catholic Customs Company, he's also just like one of our friends in the Diocese of Tulsa in Eastern Oklahoma. Yes. Um, and he's also a godfather of one of Dave's children, Susanna. Correct, correct, Susanna. And I'm the godfather of Thomas. Yep. So, um, okay. Let's just talk about this drink for a second, Mark. Let's Because you brought this over. In, in charity, you brought this over. Mm-hmm. To, to share with us so we can imbibe all the same drink together. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things we talk about on the show is having a good drink. Yeah, and this is friends. the epitome of that. Okay. There's just so much character This to is it. it. You think yeah. of all the good drinks, this is the goodest. No. <laughs> this is where the plot thickens a little bit. Okay. So, the joke started at some point in time that I was the hard Mountain Dew guy, and now people buy so many of these for me. Like for my 30th birthday, Juan bought me 30 of them as my 30th birthday gift. Yeah. So now I, he keeps buying me these, and other people keep buying me these. I think I can count on one hand the amount of times in the last three years that I've actually purchased these, but I just keep getting more of them, so I just keep drinking them. And then it's like you're cutting the grass, you're going to drink something. And the next so. thing you know, you're actually liking them. Yeah, and then it's like, okay, I and then... The joke gets out. Mark's the Howard Mountain Dew guy, so... So that's what we're having today. Yeah. But not just Hard Mountain Dew. This is the Baja Blast. Baja Blast. This is not mm-hmm. just like the regular... It's the upper shelf. It's the top shelf. And I'd yes. like to mention 
hard Mountain Dew as I'm contractually obligated to mention them in every prayer. <laughs> we look forward to the release of Mountain Berry Blast. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're you know what? Putting it in the in the glass is nice because you get to appreciate. That the, color, the the beautiful, the, the very <laughs> organic, the beautiful natural, color. natural the coloring. blue color. It's from the Baja. Yeah, the Baja's all naturally I don't even know sourced. What is Baja, it the blast or is the Baja? I don't even know what Baja blast <laughs> is. Like as a thing, I I get it. It's a flavor, but it has to take all of us back. There are other flavors years. that like call themselves strawberry <laughs> or blueberry or lemon, right? Like. Like typical. This one is like Baja Black. It's, it's sort of like, you know what flavor this is? In your face. <laughs> this is in your face flavor. <laughs> so we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Cheers. So, Mark, you also came. Uh, you know what? Bringing, it's not bad. It's, bring, <laughs> it's really not that bad. Bringing these over. Um, room temp. Yeah, so. Adam and David wanted me to have these on yeah, ice. Cool. You'll see they're drinking them out of glasses. Uh, my theory was that it's disrespectful to drink hard Mountain Dew chilled because that's too classy for it. You have to drink it warm, room temp, or hot. That's the only way to drink uh, the way hard it was Mountain intended. Dew. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you're cutting the grass. You've got them outside with you. 15 minutes later, it's a black can. It's hot. Then you're going to drink it. You know, you can't chill it because then it's too classy. It's a little... It's like not respecting its nature. It's against, like letting a dog sit on your couch, like you know? Against the telios of yeah. the heart. Jim, on the yummy yeah. scale. Where's this? Where's on, on this the yummy? It's just like off the yummy scale. It's off See? the yummy scale. I broke it. <laughs> the yummy scale has been broken. <laughs> you know what? There is like probably a million times more sugar in here. No, <laughs> no. This is where you go wrong. No, zero, zero sugar. Listen, zero sugar. <laughs> it's not only zero sugar, it's caffeine free. Yeah. Is it caffeine it's free? It's caffeine free. What? So like, can. Caffeine free, sugar free. I'll bring the box the, out if I all need All the to. aspartame who, your, your body can consume. Who wants to drink Mountain Legally. Dew without caffeine? Well, like, they replaced the caffeine with the next best accelerant, alcohol. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that's a depressant. The, true, man, true, true. It's like, you know what? They're if going I, a different route. If I'm drinking Mountain Dew, I I I want to have some ca- <laughs> like I want it to have a lot of caffeine in it, right? That's just you want to be shaking after I mean, when you're halfway Mountain, through your glass. It's just weird to have caffeine-free Mountain Dew. It goes against. Did you stop that? It goes against everything that I know about Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, because I've been look, I've been doing the Dew. <laughs> For a long time. That's what I was going to say. Having a Baja Blast has to take you guys back to your teenage years, Yeah, too. it does. It does. Oh, totally. man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you get you th- like a two liter, you have a sleepover. You, You're up all night. You play, you know, oh, the yeah. new Call of Duty came Halo out. Halo or whatever it was yeah. at the time. And you just like You've got there. Voltage, Baja Blast. What was the red one? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know. I don't um, know. There was... Because um, I remember there's Voltage, Baja Blast, and the red one. Yeah, I don't what know. What was the red one? I don't remember. Mm, there was also another one that I'm trying to. Anyway, it was just like Mountain Dew, except, was, you know, so off-brand kind of. So, Mark, we are um, doing a giveaway with you and your company, kind mm-hmm. of a customs company. Uh, one of the things that we're doing, we're in the midst of it currently. Uh, it ends on September 14th, but we're giving away a home altar, a custom home altar in which your company is building, mm-hmm. um, and. It's very easy to sign up. There's like, I don't know, 10 different ways you can sign up. If you go to the CatholicManshow.com, you can Can you um, sign up 10 that. different times? Yes. Yeah, Adam was very mm. generous in his mm. sign-up yeah. methods. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can get more than one entry. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but why don't you why don't you like tell us a little bit about like how this company like started and like obviously it's progressed and like uh, like catapulted especially recently into new realms that you probably did not foresee coming. Yeah. So originally. My wife's father-in-law. He's a lifelong woodworker. Wait, your wife's father? No, no. I always, I always say, my wife's. It's my father-in-law because right. my wife's father-in-law. Yeah, I always get that. I was backwards. like, so your dad? I'm okay. corrected on that. Okay, so many I call, times. I call my dad. my father, my wife's father, my wife's all father. The time. <laughs> so he's been in woodworking for like 40 years. Uh, traditional Catholic, and um, he always wanted to get out of building things that he thought were like celebrations of decadence or monuments to people's own successes, like extremely expensive TV cabinets where people are paying, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for this custom woodworking. So at one point in time, a long time ago, he built several altars and even sacred heart enthronements. And he took them to EWTN and gave them to EWTN. And he was trying to start it up back then. Uh, When was this? That was, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. Wow. So I don't know what would exactly happen. Circumstances change. He never followed through on it. And then my wife, not too long ago, had the idea like, I know dad can build these and I know he is like an expert level woodworker. So we should see if he'll design us a home altar. So in process of her doing research on what kind of availability are there for purchasing one of these, could we just buy one and get it? And so she's doing like the research to see if we can get one and she's on Etsy, she's Googling and all she can find is like pagan altars or mass Mm. black mass altars for like Satanists. So she heard one point no kidding. in time. Yeah. Yeah. So on Etsy, if you search <laughs> home altar, there'll only be one home altar that's Catholic slash Christian to come up. The rest of them will be for pagan rituals or black masses with like pentagrams and candles on wow. them. Wow. I didn't realize there was like that much of a market yeah. for those. Me neither. Me neither. And that's what she found to be slightly concerning. Yeah. So she decided at that point in time, call dad. Let's see what he can design. And that's when kind of the design phase started coming up because she had heard Father Ripperger at one point in time say, whatever God intends, the devil intends the inverse of it. So that's why like there's the hour of mercy at 3 p.m. And then the devil's hour, they refer to it as like 3 a.m. because he's always trying to do the inverse. So he starts designing these and we're like, wow, that's very beautiful. You know, there's multiple ways you can design it with like Gothic style or Roman style, depending on the architecture. But so we end up deciding he has the technical knowledge on how to build these extremely high quality products. And I'm a millennial, so I can run a website and he can't. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. (laughs) That checks out. Right. Yeah. So because it doesn't matter if nobody knows you're selling these beautiful things it's not going to go anywhere so that's where we decided we kind of sat down we went over how this would work and we put up not a website first we put up an etsy page and not within five days of putting up that etsy page i get a message from the benedictine sisters of mary queen of the apostles in gower missouri and they're asking us if we can build them a custom altar so i see that message and i'm like okay let me google this convent, see what they're about. Right. And I respond to them, are you the Benedictine sisters in Gower? And they're like, yeah, that's us. Can we get on a phone call with you to discuss what we're doing? So first customer, five days in. We had just started this. We didn't even really awesome. have a website up. You know, we didn't even have our 3D renderings done. It was just like a hand-drawn picture on Etsy and they're calling us. So we get on the phone with them and they're describing what they want. You know, they said they're going to have um, an altar where they're going to have relics of their founders on it. And 
they give us dimensions, you know, that's fine. We design it, we give them the price for it and they give us the go ahead. So we're going through the design phase, colors, types of wood, you know, we chose, um, I think it was maple for that one. So, and then two days after that, I get another frantic phone call from them and they're like, Hey, sorry, you haven't heard from us in the last few days. We're going to tell you something that only the Bishop knows. <laughs> and we oh, have, okay. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, at this point in time before she told us, she said, you can't relate this information to anybody sure, at this time. Sure. It's you got, we're only telling you guys this because it's relevant to the shrine we're building. And then she said, can you make this into being more of a, we don't know how to describe this, but a display case. And we're thinking, yes. And she said, okay, well, we dug up the foundress, you know, they exhumed her body and she was incorrupt. And we want this to be the shrine that has like a viewing front on it that we can place her in instead of being an altar it needs to be this. So obviously in America, very few people have had any experience being involved in something like this, you know? So it was very strange. I remember going to tell Becky about this and she's just like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And also kind of humorously, we were like, what do we And Becky is your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Becky's my wife for those that don't know. I just assume everybody who has some crazy stories. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that we, is, yeah, it's, that is true. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. For those that are lucky enough to know her, you probably know quite a few of them. But so then we, um, she'd be a great guest. I got the measure sometime. Well, I was joking <laughs> like, that I'd have story, her come for yeah, Be like, Becky, tell, her, tell us that Becky. one time you were in Africa. Just, just tell us. Just tell us this. Tell us about the one time Mark threw a tomato <laughs> at the turkey. <laughs> It was like an overhand backwards throw, you know, yeah. but I was joking that I was going to have her come for me instead today. And then she'd walk in and be like, oh, hey, guys. And you'd be like, wait, this isn't what we thought we were getting. But this is probably better anyway. So we'll just <laughs> roll with it. Yeah. So we didn't even know what to call this thing. We're like, this isn't this is not an altar anymore. Right. So we're doing research. Like, what would you call it? And have you ever tried the Baja Blast on ice? It's it's way better. better. Should I? <laughs> Yes. You should probably try it it's on like, I know, but like I said, it's, it's like way better. <laughs> it's so cold and refreshing. It's pretty good. It has yeah. the... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. It's worth a shot, Mark. You, know? you have to say you're impressed with it either way, whether it's room temp or whether it's on, a, on ice. It's Thank you. better Thank than you. you thought it was going to be. Well, you know, you've brought these <laughs> to the golf course when we've played golf. Yeah. So I've... That's right. I, I'm, I'm not. I, I, I'm not a newbie to the Baja Blast. <laughs> thanks to our, thanks to our friendship, Mark. The front nine was good that day. The back nine, we got. Yeah, the, you know, it often goes that way. <laughs> okay, but so the so you're you're trying to figure out like what do you actually call this thing like, and you're trying to also think I, we got to figure this out, but we can't tell anybody yet. Yeah. So it's so it's kind of also hard, right? You're trying to figure out something new to do without. And you probably want to get advice from maybe other people, but it's like, I can't actually get advice from other people because I can't actually tell them about this. Yeah, and you can't just Google what are the protocols for how to display a incorrupt, incorrupt saint. Person. Or person. Yeah. You know, like there's, right. it's not like, even the Vatican doesn't there's really have guidelines for that. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not like a website. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's not a Wikipedia page for examples of what to do with this. So we're right. kind of flying by the seat of our pants a little bit. And obviously their bishop was involved to direct them. You know, we're not going to do... Um, the altar stone because masses aren't going to be set on it. You know, we mm-hmm. do things like that for okay. churches and yeah. rectories. If masses mm-hmm. are going to be set on it, we yeah, can the include altar stone, right? Yeah, for if mass is going to be set. So he directed us not to. Mm-hmm. And then he gave us kind of what the 
ecclesial process. Was that a change? In the beginning, was there was it going to be a real altar in the beginning? Yeah. yeah, it was going to be a real altar that they could celebrate mass on, and the altar was designed to go against the wall because their fraternity convent mm. or you know order, so they're going to have it against the wall at Orientum. Yeah, at yeah. Orientum. Mm-hmm. So that was the, the it still ended up being that way because it ended up being loosely referred to as a display case. But we we're like, okay, we're Catholic. There's a lot of history and heritage with things like this to call it a display case seems way too informal. We have to decide like, what is this really going to be called? Yeah. I think we slightly humorously settled on sepulcher, honestly. Mm. So that's kind of yeah. what we went with. Yeah, I think that's good. And then yeah. the nuns ended up kind of pinning it to be a shrine. So it's yeah, a shrine. Well, it can be both. Yeah. I mean, it is a sepulcher. Yeah. Cause it's got a body in it. Yes. Just it has a plexiglass front. Yeah. So, like, what was it like? Whenever you were building it, you were there. You were trying. You were, you were putting it together, like, and that whole like, explain that whole process. Yeah. So at this point in time, nobody else knows about this. The diocese does, and I think I don't know if it was like a canon lawyer that was involved that was confident, like a confidant to the bishop there uh-huh. in that diocese. So they're like, we need you to be here within the next few days to look at this because we're designing this and I was like can you give me measurements and they said can you just come see her and at this point in time so we go okay there's the guest house we're staying there Mm -hmm. they take us into the parlor and she's essentially fresh out this is like a day or two later we're booking Airbnb and we're out of here like we're going to see what's going on here and they're still like scraping mold very gently off of her habit which was fully intact also but mold yeah that was another miraculous thing is that not only her but her habit was also Yeah, and all like the felt on the inside of the coffin was totally gone. But her habit was still, even though it was 100% cotton, it was in better shape than the habits of the sisters that were alive. When did she die? I think it was about five years ago, roughly, I mean, approximately. So they take us in to see her as they're still cleaning her. She's still in the coffin with the top off. And there's young sisters and they're like, wipe, they're very gently wiping, you know, any mold or growth that would be on Mm -hmm. her because there's like a like a layer of dust and mold that grew on her so we're in there we're kind of like walking around her like measuring like it's very strange we're like measuring her (laughs) you notice she's very short turns out but (laughs) not sure how that's relevant but she was short so um they bring us in they're like oh no like look here's her toes and they're like touching her toes and they're like oh here this is touch your skin touch your rosaries to it you know we like took our wedding bands and like touched them to her skin you know oh cool yeah, and this is before, like, now she's got wax on her to make sure she doesn't decay mm-hmm. further. But this was literally, they were still cleaning her off. And we were like, this is, even Becky, who has all the stories, was like, this must be the most bizarre thing that's ever happened. Like, because there's only a hand few, like a handful of incorrupt people, you know, and she's not a saint, so I'm not going to say saint, but how who gets that phone call like right. nobody has that experience yeah. and we just started this thing and this is literally the first customer we have so when you guys build something like this do you like get the measurements and then build as much as you can at the shop but do you have to put it together like mostly assemble it on location or do you assemble it and then ship it that way something like this we we made the general structure of but we did the assembly and in person on site right. for what before they put her in it okay because there's glass involved we we had it where there's like a my father-in-law actually built it really cool where there's like a removable front so if she's like not on display they can put it back up you know and it's mm. got like a christogram on the front so she's not always it's not always have a plexiglass look Sometimes it depends it, on if they want to right or not. you can you can he made it so you could close it off to where it looks like just a 
a case. Yeah, it would just look like case. a normal like side altar at any church you've right. been to. If yeah. she's like not on display, they're cleaning her. I don't know, maybe they're changing her habit, whatever it might be. So we we engineered it to have that specification as well. So because I had the glass involved and because I had those moving parts, we ended up going for the, the what, what did they call that? When they put her in the shrine, that was May, late, late May maybe. Yeah, in case, yeah, when they encased her. Yeah. And this we had to be involved with this too because the bishop had to put an ecclesial seal on it to make sure that nobody was going to tamper with it because there's... When a bishop gets a phone call like that, a serious investigation is about to take place. Right. So we had to place it, and then he was coming following us to place mm. the ecclesial seal on it. What is the what is the ecclesial it's, seal? It's like a special kind of tape. I think it involves they wax. They have, there is ecclesial tape. Is that what it's an ecclesial me? seal is the technical term for it. I haven't seen it in person. I think only the bishop knows or gets to see it and apply it. So he puts the seal on the altar in multiple locations if it's something that can be taken apart hmm. so that as part of the investigation it can prove at from this point on nothing has been tampered with because the seal would be broken and then they'd know like something strange is going on with the investigation hmm. all right yeah so so once you did that what kind of like feedback did you get like what you know did were people asking you questions about it obviously like yeah yeah it was, was that like well, people kept walking up to us. We backed the truck up and we were starting to build and they're like, is that made out of plastic? Because it looks so smooth. Like his, the quality of his woodworking is so fine and so smooth that they didn't believe it was wood. And we were like, no, this is maple wood, which the sisters were happy about because where sister was buried, she was surrounded by sugar maple trees. Mm-hmm. And we ended up cool. coincidentally making the altar out of sugar maple also, which Sweet. is a good hardwood. Cool, and yeah. it sanded out really well. So... Um, yeah, the reception was really well. The altar is absolutely gorgeous for anybody that's had a chance to go see it. You'll know because it's the one she's sitting in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anybody can go look up the pictures of Sister Wilhelmina. Yeah. They're, they're write-ups in National Catholic Register about, about about the altar that she's in and everything like that. Um, so you can go there. I think she's permanently on display. If she's not, I haven't heard it. You know, anybody Mm -hmm. can go anytime and just walk into the sanctuary and visit or pray before. I don't think she's going to be out on display for physical touch like she was before she was encased, mm-hmm. now that the seal has been set. Mm-hmm. But so we were there for all that. We were part of the ceremony where they were putting her in. They did a procession with her where they prayed a rosary and walked, you know, walked from her grave and carried her from her grave with a lot of roses put her in. And then we had to be there once the sisters put her in and did the ceremony to like close it all up and reassemble it and everything like that. So we ended up meeting with them. We measured her out. They gave us, you know, we kind of shared ideas with them. You know, we based the build off of the architecture of their structure. It was a Roman um, style of architecture because it's based off of Mary's house at Ephesus, which had Roman architecture to it, is what their convent is based off of. And we even matched the color to like their altar rail and stuff like that there. So it's a perfect architectural match with color and build to match the... Um, convent in the sanctuary that they say their nice. mass is in. Nice. That's really cool. So, um, what's like the vision for the Catholic Custom Company? You guys have, you do Cust- other things. Customs Company. Customs Company. Thank Catholic you. Customs Company. With you, an S. Yes. I see that on your shirt. And it is Customs Company. Um, because we do more than one thing gotcha. accidentally. 
All right. Well, that's that was my question. What are the other things? <laughs> well, when we when we told all you guys, I remember on our Bible study, we let you guys know like what's going on. Once they told us, we could start spreading the word because yeah. they said for an investigation to take place, a, what they referred to as a popular cultist had to be formed, mm-hmm. which was like a following or devotion to her. As part of the investigation, they would need to track that because if there are miracles, they could attribute to her. Mm-hmm. So once we started being able to tell you guys, we were like, yeah, so we accidentally started another company. <laughs> And this is what we're doing. But now it's kind of gone where we originally the idea was going to be just home altars for the home. Like I said, we wanted Mm -hmm. to be able to edify a traditional prayer life for the Catholic people that we know because we have always wanted one of these also. and We've never been able to get one. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you know, just walk into Walmart or Google and find a Catholic home altar. That's, you know, and we all make do with what we have. You know, we always had ours at home with like an end table and it was perfectly functional. But for the people that want to take it to the next level, now there's this available. So that was the original intent behind it. Now we're finding actually a lot of churches and rectories are reaching out to us. Hmm. Um, one of our, our last two builds actually both went to Maryland. We sent uh, a couple of rectory altars and an altar of repose to a very historic church in Maryland. I'm trying to remember. St. Mary's of Piscataway. It was the Piscataway Indian tribe was converted by a Jesuit priest, I believe, and they mm. founded a parish. So it's, I think that church is even older than the United States itself. So they mm. also had not only a rectory altar, but an altar of repose. I didn't know that. Yeah. The altar of repose is for like on Holy Thursday, when you take the Eucharist out of the right. tabernacle, right. you have to have a separate place to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we built both of those. And also for a very nice gentleman named Carlos, about an hour away from there, he bought one from us. So we're kind of toting the line between doing them for churches and doing them for yeah, people. Yeah, why not both? Yeah. yeah, and we're rolling out kneelers. We might be building a... Some predos? Yeah. Nice. We're doing uh, ambos or lec- lectionary, or what do you call them? Yeah, ambos. Yeah, ambos. Yeah. We're doing those. And we may actually also be building like old style confessionals, like you see in the old movies oh, yeah, where, where there's a the box in the back yeah, dude. and there's the two compartments on yeah, each side. Slide on each side. Yeah, he'll slide this one open, then he'll slide that one open. That would take a long time to build. That's like, yeah, that's there's, a lot of wood. Yeah. <laughs> decorative too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ornament. it's very decorative. That would be yeah. awesome. Uh, Mark, uh, Mike, I have a question on like this thought of, of home altars because uh, some people may be not really understanding like what is a home altar. Uh, they've never heard of this idea. This mm-hmm. com- So like, I guess what do you what do you see as the benefit of a home, home altar and like why like why should somebody have one? Our intent, at least in building our own home altar was having some place that our house could be centralized in what was most important to us. So we made a very conscious decision at some point to not have a TV in our living room. And over time, it transitioned to, if we're not going to have a distraction in our living room, should we not consider having something that is going to be of the utmost value as the thing that our house is centered around? So in the place of a TV in our home, we have where our home altar is set up because the having the example for our children, at least this was what our intent was right, right. You know, before we ever got into this was that we wanted our children to see this witness and this practice to see that we are doing this very intentionally. We're not going through the motions and we mean everything that we're doing. Cause you know, kids and then when they get to teenagers, they can tell when you're bluffing and they can tell if you don't really yeah. believe what they you're say, doing. They say, dad, I've never seen you pray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Why should I pray? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, every night when we pray our family rosary, it's going to be in front of our home altar, which is in this most central part of our house. And we wanted to give, that example to them. And that was our intent way before we ever got into building them. And then now we realize once we tried to buy one, 
formally to get like a formal home altar, the fact that there's demonic influence to drive demonic followers to do this same practice. And we're like, well, if they're doing this, we need to be combating against this also. And so that's, that was our plan with it. So if somebody is interested in this idea, but they might like, I can hear somebody saying, I just don't have space for a home altar. How much space does it actually take? The ones we have available, if you have a two foot area, two feet is all it takes. Two feet wide. Two feet wide is all it takes. And you can get one of these. We're also going to end up rolling out what's like thinner profile wall mount ones in case somebody has got like a small apartment or their house is too small to be able to support even that they can mount maybe a six inch wide one on their wall with the same architecture styles that our other altars would be we're going to do that we're going to do mantles we're going to do corner ones you know stuff like that we haven't rolled that out corner one would be that one would be be yeah yeah where it's like a triangle shape and you can fit it in a 90 degree corner so we're going to end up doing stuff like that. If anybody wants one, they can reach out to us. We do custom work also. You do? Yeah. The Catholic Customs Company. We we'll gave it away. They do. You guys so you do <laughs> custom. I see. Yeah. Well, and what I love about it, uh, Mark, is that it's, it, it like really beautifies the home, right? It, 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 it's not just something that you, you... It's not just like a piece of plywood that's on a, on a table. It's not just an end table, so to speak. But it really makes the, the home beautiful, um, and it, it like it because the 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 craftsmanship of uh, of your of your work um, is inti- like intentional, um, and so when you buy something like this, like this is something in my mind at least that I would want to have you know in my home for thirty thirty years or whatever, and then like when my kids like start having kids, to pass it on to them, you know, and like it's worth like mm-hmm. it, it's that kind of value. Yeah, kind of like an heirloom status item, right. which like a lot of people do for their children. What are those chests? Hope chests for their daughters and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. We envision this being something that could be passed down through generations also because we only make it out of hardwoods so that it's going to last. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all built up to the utmost degree of like quality. And we also let people know that they're pray- we pray over them as we make them not, you know, like we're doing exorcisms or something, but that we they're, we pray as we make it so that mm-hmm. they know you're not buying just some Ikea um, quick build thing made in a factory by somebody in Thailand. This is this is a fellow Catholic company, and they're, we're prayerfully constructing these with the intent of edifying the prayer life in your family the way that we've experienced that it's been edified in ours. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Yeah, because like what you were saying about putting the right things, I think having a home altar, it has a way of ordering the whole house, right? Yeah. Um, it's, 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 I mean, we've talked about this. Yeah, we've show. talked about it many, many, many times. Yeah, yeah, you guys have a wealth of information on it. I've even yeah. gone back and revisited your old content in regards <laughs> to home altars. Yeah, if you go to the CatholicManshow.com yeah. and just search home altars, there, there's several things that but, pull but up. But really, it does that you can have... Just you can add this to your house if you don't have a home altar. You really should, really should do it. You mm-hmm. should just add mm-hmm. one um, because it does have this ordering principle, mm-hmm. um, where just now you have a, a place of prominence. It needs to be. It should be in a place of prominence um, that just says, uh, you know, puts the main thing as the main thing. Mm-hmm. If I could put yeah. it very simply. And so for ours, we have our altar set up. Over it on the top of the wall, centrally located, we have a crucifix that my parents gave me as a wedding gift. 
that's been blessed. And then on each side of it, we have the Sacred Heart of Jesus and Immaculate Heart of Mary framed on the wall. Mm -hmm. And then we went to the local Catholic store in town and bought votive candles that match kind of what you would see on like a side altar at a church. And we have like an altar linen with the two candles on the side that we have as part of the decoration for it. So that way when we're praying, we have the altar that locates where our values should lie, but Mm -hmm. we also have the things up on the wall to kind of insinuate the elevation towards the higher good. Lady Pamela Mm -hmm. Ferrars has even made different altar cloth colors. We'll have to talk to her about that because we want to sell those too. For each of the liturgical seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fun. Uh, And it it actually helps, even me, in my own prayer life. You go and you kneel and it's like, oh yeah, it's purple now or it's green or, you know... And yeah, you're just, not just seeing it on Sunday, you're seeing it at home too. You know, it's nice for the kids. They get excited about like, ooh, let's change, you know, take all the stuff off the altar and put the new altar cloth. You know, it's like right. fun for them to do, but yeah. it's good for me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We also make these so that if you do have supplies like that, the arches on the front can be made as doors so that there will be shelving inside if you have like religious things like that you want to store like extra candles or altar cloths or different decorations mm. depending on the time of the year you can just pop the doors open and inside of your altar you can store all these things what about like a kneeler pad that like pulls out that we've tossed that idea around have you we do telescoping ones that are adjustable oh, yeah. for height if you have it for kids nice you know? yeah that's another thing we were thinking about doing one, like you said where like you open it up and it slides out so that it doesn't take up space so all of these things these things, they're not all on your website. So if somebody, so what should somebody do? Like, should they just call you or Are send my, you an email? Say like, hey, here's this, like, let's dream big. Yeah. I mean, even the bishop of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia reached out to us to have us build a high altar for <laughs> the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. And wow. obviously you don't post high altar for old cathedral for sale on your right. website. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> So we do all kinds of custom work like that. If there's something that somebody has an idea with, we can work with you. And we we absolutely try to keep our prices reasonable because I, I have some priest friends that tried to get altars quoted for them to be built, you know, just simple wood build altars for their rectories. And I scoffed at the price. I was like, I don't know how it costs that much. I don't know how they, I don't, just to me, it didn't seem like it should be done for that much. So we try to keep everything extremely reasonable. Yeah. Uh, everything we ship for free, which is a huge issue for people because they have to. You ship for free? Yeah. Are you crazy? Probably. (laughs) You're going to ship a high altar for free? Well, I didn't want to have it to be where some, yeah, I didn't want to have it where somebody adds this altar to their cart and they're very excited that they have this thing that they can get for their family and they add it and it says plus $800 or plus $1,200. Yeah. Because then it's like, okay, well that. Well, that altar is not $2,000 now. It's $3,500, and that doesn't make sense now, you know? So we do everything that we can. We're going to keep it that way where it's free shipping. So even on the custom builds, you know, depending on what it is, we can more or less accommodate that shipping cost being built into it as well so that you don't add something to your cart or I send you an invoice and you're getting hit for another $800. I just think also, especially like, right, I could really envision grandparents get, this would be a fantastic gift. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it would be a, this would be a really nice gift, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you mean like an anniversary yeah, gift like if, or something? Yeah, like you get this as a, a gift, yeah, or a wedding present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, something that is really, yeah, it's going to last forever mm-hmm. and pff, make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah we can do because, all kinds like, of Because think cus- about this, grandparents, you got this sweet altar, like prayer, uh, oratory 
thing, you know, for your grandkids. Like, well, now they kind of have to pray in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's sitting in your living right. room. You have to walk by it every day on right. your way to Grandparent practice. hack. Yeah, exactly. Like you have <laughs> yeah. to, well, now you kind of have to pray. You yeah. Know? At least they'll look at it and it's going to bring the yeah. proper thoughts to mind. Right. Yeah. Exactly. There, just yeah, exactly. Living around it. Yeah. Uh, so to oh, go back to what yeah. you're saying, though, if somebody wants to get a hold of us, I have my personal phone number. If somebody needs to call or text me to ask questions or inquire about something they have an idea with, they can call or text me on that on our website. Uh, email, Facebook message off of the website. We can do anything. Just give me your phone number. We'll see what we can do to make it happen. Awesome. Now, we cannot uh, like end this evening without talking about the ball game tomorrow. Like yes. We have... Okay, so for those who may not know... Uh, here in the Diocese of Tulsa in Eastern Oklahoma, there is a wiffle ball game that happens every Labor Day. This is like, it's not this is sponsored by the diocese, but it is like... It's like, kind of where each church has... But there, you, but there is a you church did, that has you multiple You did put teams. the wiffle ball game on the cover of the, the, the Eastern Oklahoma Catholic magazine yeah, last did. year. And listen, I mean, I'm a... But it was awesome. Hey, it's my magazine. All it, right? It's not my magazine. It's the diocese. Okay, I just... I, I, I edit, had total control over the magazine. <laughs> and it was awesome. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and I'm a self-professed wiffle ball aficionado yes. for those that need to know. So you, You've I thrown 10,000 pitches in the last... I've been practicing like, for four months. <laughs> I pitched 300 wiffle balls at a time in preparation. Thanks to Becky for making the time. She's very competitive, I've come to find out. Oh, what, what, like you didn't know that. <laughs> Everybody knows <Okay>. Becky's competitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, so we're, we're playing tomorrow, uh, it, which is, which would be awesome. What are your, like, just, what's your raw take on this idea of Catholics just coming together to play, like, this family to fun To crush event. each other on the wiffle ball field. Like, honestly, it's always kind of bothered me because the Protestants have softball, but they never invite the Catholic churches to play. Even Protestants of different denominations all have their softball league, and they never ask the Catholics to play. So we're just like... Forget. You know, we're good at it. Yeah, so we good. have we just have so much talent that they don't want to play us. And you know why? Because we show up with beer and they're all jealous. <laughs> yeah, which we could drink. Beer, well, you know, I mean, you pastors know, on our team. We all have chewing know. tobacco and beer to play like, softball. Yeah. When two or three are gathered in His name, there's a fifth. That's right. <laughs> True. So, uh, yeah. So, so that's that's happening tomorrow, which will be a lot of fun. Um, but. Okay, so CatholicCustomsCompany.com. Yeah, with an S, Catholic Customs Company, all one word. You can follow us on Facebook, which if you're a part of the giveaway, you're probably already doing that. That's one of the entries, but our website, Catholic Customs Company. And even though we only have certain items for sale, like high altars or oratory altars or things like that, we can do all kinds of crazy stuff. Like one of the builds we did, they wanted the arches to not be wood arches on the front body of the altar. They wanted them to be granite. So the altars wood, and then the arches have a granite that they wanted to have match a tabernacle of their church. So we found a matching granite, and we built this where the arches were made out of granite. There's all kinds of stuff like so that heavy. that we can do. Would be it. I could pick it up. Yeah, yeah I had a slab of granite behind the front face. Yeah, but we can do all kinds of stuff. Just reach out. We'll see what we can do. Awesome. Well, Mark, uh, thanks so much for like uh, hanging out with us this evening, but like also partnering us, partnering with us on this on this giveaway because uh, it's been a lot of fun to promote your company but also like to hopefully you know like you know here pretty soon we're gonna uh announce the winner and be able to like give away this home altar. i am excited i am excited to give to, this to away. announce it away like this honestly is gonna be me fun. too yeah because yeah. we're gonna let them choose we'll probably choose the wood type just once they send us a picture of where they want to put it to try to tell what we think is going to work but we're going to let them choose the color 
You know, we're going to yeah. send them a template of stains, a template of paints. They can choose the color, whatever they want to have. They'll be able to choose the architectural design of it. It's going to be really cool. We're really excited to see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Me awesome. Too. Me too. All right. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Salute.